Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. Decided, you guys decided to, to brave the snow-ridden roads, which I don't know about you, but I love. How many of you guys just love winter? And you're, This is the moment you've been waiting for all winters, the snow, right? Got to go sledding already. It's just a great time. For those of you that don't like it, sorry. And for those of you watching on Facebook Live because you don't like it, welcome. We're excited you're with us as well. But, but hey, we are. We're in week two of a series uh, entitled, This Is Us. And uh, what we're doing in this series is we're taking some time of really looking at who we are. As we go into 2019, we're taking some time to, to look at who we are as a, as a family, as an individual, and, and as a church. And if you remember last week, we talked about our stories. We talked a little bit about our past. And we learned that for us to know who we are, we have to know where we're going. And this week, what we're going to do is we're going to jump in and we're going to talk a little bit about what we do and the importance of what we do. We're going to talk about how our mission is really why we're here, because of what we do plays a part in who we are. What we do plays a part in explaining that this is us. So if you remember last week, we talked about some questions that you would ask a stranger, and many of us, we know that we've, we've met a person for the first time, or we've been the stranger that somebody else met for the first time, and we talked about some questions that we usually ask, and one of those is always, uh, where, where are you from? But right after, where are you from, what's another question we usually ask is, what do you do? Right? Think about how many of you guys have ever asked somebody, what do you do? We've probably done that when we're on an airplane. We ask, what do you do? We do that so that we can actually strike up the conversation so that we can get them to move their arm from our space. But still, we ask the question. And then if you meet a first-time guest it's all, or a first-time person, it's always easy to, to find out a little bit of information based on what they're interested in, right? based on what occupies their time or even their occupation. Because what you do for a living kind of explains a little bit of who you are. And just to prove this, I'm going to go over and we're going to do some stereotypes of, of people and what they do and what we expect and what we think of them when we see that. So think about this. Have you ever asked somebody what they do and then they've answered that they're a student before, right? See, when somebody tells you they're a student, there's some things that go through our mind. There's some things that identify that we identify them with. So a student, we think that, you know what, this student is probably passionate about bettering themselves. Right? This person's probably at a, a developmental stage in their life or at some point in their life where they're proceeding and trying to go and chase after a goal that they have. Right? And we know that all based off of what they do. Think another one, maybe uh, somebody tells you they're a teacher. Chances are when we know that somebody tells us they're a teacher, probably they're somewhat smart. We know that they're educated. We know that they have a passion for others to succeed as well. Again, it's something we know based off the question, what do you do? Think about a, uh, a construction worker. Right? When we ask somebody if they're, structure, if they're what they do when they say I'm a construction worker, chances are there's some things we know about them. We, they're probably good with their hands. right? They like to build things. Chances are they like to see results and they like to probably see them quickly. Right? They like to improve upon some things and chances are they may even be fit and strong. You can, you can see that by looking at them, but you know, that's something that we may think about them. Right? When somebody tells us they're a lawyer, chances are they're probably well-spoken. They probably think through thoughts. They probably know how to research. They probably have a passion for justice. And then another one, if somebody tells you they're a doctor or they're in healthcare or they're a nurse, chances are they're smart. Hopefully they're not just okay, right? Some of you might have seen that commercial, but chances are they're smart. They like to care for people. They want to see people better themselves. They want to uh, see people remain healthy as well. And then finally, last one is if they tell you they're a business person or a banker or an entrepreneur, or the 
you begin to think some things, right? You probably see that you know that they have some competitiveness in them, right? They like the thrill of the challenge. To, they like to provide a service or a product that, that betters others, and they like to make a difference in a little way, but they also like the drive behind making that happen, right? Now, again, these are some gross generalizations, right? These are some even uh, assumptions about a person. But if you think about it, what somebody does explains a little of who they are. Because what somebody does, what people do, what we all do matters, right? What we do is it's really a byproduct of our identity. See, our purpose displays who we are. Our mission identifies who we are, and it demonstrates our identity. And because of this, really, I want to give you one challenge today. I want to challenge you to live on purpose. And for 2019, live on purpose. Live life with a mission. See, the truth is each and every one of us, we're created for a purpose. We're designed for a mission. That's a part of who we are. I mean, think about the church, for example. As a church, we have a mission. As a church, we do life on purpose, right? In fact, you've probably heard us say, if you've been around at any time or any length, you've heard us say that we exist to love people to life change. We exist to love people to life change, and we define life change as a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. This is our purpose. This is our mission. This is why we gather, right? This is why we exist, but it's also who we are. See, love is a part of who we are as a church. Life change is a part of who we are as a church. A growing relationship with Jesus is a part of who we are as a church. And we do it through an intentional process of connect, grow, give, and replicate. And you probably even heard that. There's actually banners around here. You probably wonder like, hmm, those have been there this whole time, didn't realize. They mean something, right? No, they're part of the process of who we are, right? Connection is a part of love. So as a church, we get intentional about connecting. We get intentional about connecting with God. We get intentional about connecting with others. Again, this is why Sunday mornings are important. It's crazy. Sunday morning comes around every week. And really, we want you to come around every week as well, right? Sunday mornings are important, so make church a priority. Make attendance a priority to church because it's a chance to connect. It's a chance to be the church. See, the church is more than just a building, but it's all of us put together. And when we are doing what we're supposed to do, we become the church and it brings it to life. In fact, Hebrews says it this way in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Listen, to love others to life change, we need to connect. To love others to life change, we have to make meeting together a priority and not give up on meeting together, but instead encouraging one another, walking through life with one another. And sometimes our presence is just the encouragement somebody else needs. And listen, this is what we do as a church because it's who we are. Sunday mornings give us an opportunity to connect with others. And they give us a chance to connect with God. I mean, think about it. There's a reason when we came into this church, that back wall wasn't there. In fact, it went all sanctuary with some pretty peach pews and some orange carpet. It was awesome. But we made a decision to let's put a wall there so that there's a foyer that's just as big as the sanctuary. So that people can connect. So there's an opportunity for people to connect with each other because it's what we do. It's who we are and it's important to us. Again, we want to connect with God as well. That's why we have a time of worship, right? That's why we have prayer time in the morning, right? That's why we did communion together. That's why we spend some time studying the Bible because we want to connect with God, right? A life-changed church, this is what we do. 
We connect with God and others because it's a part of who we are. It's loving people to life change. Another part is grow. To have a growing relationship with Jesus, guess what we have to do? We have to grow. So part of who we are is growth. And growth happens through relationships. Growth happens even more specifically in relationships laced with love. Love and growth, they go together. So we get intentional about it as a church. Again, it's a part of us. It's a part of who we are. And we want to grow with others. See, maturing in God is something that we seldom do on our own. It's something that we seldom do in isolation, but we do with others. In fact, Proverbs, which is a collection of books uh, of wisdom and wisdom sayings, it says this in Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We want to grow together. This is why we do life groups. This is why life groups are a part of who we are, because it's a chance to grow together. It's a chance to love people with a life change. And again, if you're not in a life group, I would challenge you, jump in. In fact, we got a brand new one. You heard Caleb just talk about it. We have a brand new life group starting this week. Jump in. All the other ones, they're open and they're ready. So jump in, be a part and jump in a life group so that you can grow. So we connect, we grow, and then we give. Part of loving is giving. Part of loving is serving. Loving people to life change means that we give. It means that it's something we have to do every single day, and it's something that is a part of us. Last week, we bragged and talked a little bit and celebrated the fact that as a church, we are able to give some amazing things. God's blessed us where we are able to give to the community and other ministries in an incredible way, but we're also able to serve the community in an incredible way because it's a part of who we are. It's a part of love. It's a part of what we do, so we encourage giving. We encourage serving. We encourage giving, both financially and through access services. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8 says this. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Listen, when we give, when we serve, We're opening the door for God to bless us. We're opening the door for God to use us in ways that we can never imagine. Again, this is why we push this. This is why we push serve teams at Life Change Church. Because there's growth, there's things, there's amazing things that God does in and through us, through serving. Listen, kids' life, if you serve in kids' life, yeah, the kids are getting some cool stuff out of it. But there's times where as as a servant, you are getting some more out of it than even the kids, which is crazy. This The worship team, you see them come together, they do an amazing job. But what's amazing is God's working in and through each and one of them. So I've been to some of their practices. They do a devotion together where they're coming close together and they're learning. They're learning about God and learning how God is working through them. Right? Our serve team, every Sunday morning, we actually get together in a circle before first service. And it's awesome. It's just an awesome time of connection. I'm seeing God work through each and every one of us. Because when we give, it opens up the opportunity. It opens up the door for God to do some incredible things in us. And it's the same is true when we give financially as well. God is able to bless us abundantly when we trust him with our finances. It's a part of growth and it's a part of love. So we challenge you. It's a part of who we are. We challenge us to give. And the last number four is to re-replicate. A part of love is reproducing. It's replicating. So it's a part of what we do. This is why we encourage you to invite people to church. See, what happens here shouldn't just stay here. It's something we should take with us and, and share with our friends, share with our neighbors, share with our coworkers, and invite them in. In fact, Jesus said it this way in what's known as the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19. 
It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go and make disciples. Go and replicate. Right? Invite, build, reproduce. Right? This is why Discover is so important to us. In fact, the last Sunday of each month, right after second service, we have what's called Discover, and it's an on-ramp for us and for you to jump into loving people to life change together. It's an on-ramp for us to become the church together. And if you haven't gone through it, I challenge you. I challenge you to mark your calendar for January 27th after second service. It's a part of who we are. We replicate. In fact, our leaders and our staff here at church, we've pushed them this past year. You heard Caleb allude to it a couple weeks ago. He said that he'd get fired if he didn't read books or podcasts. It's maybe a little strong, but there's some truth behind it because our leaders and our directors, we've taken them through some books this past year. In fact, each of them, they read seven books and read, listened to 12 podcasts this past year because we want them to develop. But this year, the challenge is even more. They're actually going to take some people with them, right? They're going to ask somebody. So you may get asked to read some books and listen to some podcasts because we're intentional about replicating who we are, building leaders, developing what God can do in each and every one of us. Because we believe that the work of the ministry is for all. Right? In Ephesians, it says the pastors to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. We each are the saints. If we call ourselves a follower of Christ, then we're a saint and we're called to do the work of the ministry. It's what we do. It's who we are. We love people at a life change church. We love people at a life change. We love people to, the, to a growing relationship because it's who we are. And more importantly, it's what we do. It's our mission. It's our purpose. And as a church, we live on purpose. But we need to do so as families as well. We need to do so as individuals as well. I want to challenge you to live on purpose. Now again, as a church, it's easy to know why we exist, right? As an organization, as a group of people, in fact, it's almost expected to know why somebody exists. In fact, before we launched, we launched four years ago. There's some different organizations that were helping us. The C3 Network was one of them. We actually had to put it down on paper of why we exist. We had to put our purpose statement down on paper before we could ever open the doors because it's expected of an organization. But when it comes to your families and when it comes to your personal lives, it's not really expected to have a mission statement. And for many of us, we don't. For many of us, we don't have a purpose statement for our families. For many of us, we don't have a mission statement for our own personal lives. And here's what happens because of it. Because of it, sometimes we question our purpose. Right? Because of it, sometimes we even wonder if we have a mission. Because of it, it's hard to live on purpose. And what it does, it leaves us struggling. I mean, think about it. How many of you have ever asked yourself, like, what am I supposed to do next? Right? How many of you ask yourself, like, what's God's will for my life? What does God want me to do? Where's God have me? What would he have me do in this next situation? Listen, I've been there. I've been there multiple times. The truth is we've all been there. And if we're honest with ourselves, this is a question we've wrestled with. But if we're honest with ourselves, there's probably some times where we didn't have the answer. There's probably some times where we left us frustrated. We're just waiting for God to show up and give us some answer. We're thinking like, okay, God, I'm just, just going through life here, just plugging away. Where are you at and where are you going to show me where to go next? And it's a frustrating place to be. See, the truth is it leads to us questioning who we are. It leads to us questioning our value. It leads to us questioning our identity. See, when we wrestle with this question, there's really no defined, this is us. There's no defined, this is who I am. This is me. And it's a tough place to be, because it leaves us feeling like we're wasting time. 
It leaves us feeling like we're wasting our life and we're useless and undervalued. But I understand this. So today, I want to get us back to the truth of who we are. I want to get us back to the truth of the promises that we have in, G- in Jesus because we have a purpose. We have a mission and we are meant to live on purpose. We are meant to live with purpose. In fact, 1 Peter 2.9 says it this way. It says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. In this passage of scripture, Peter's writing to the beginning, to early followers of Christ, to the, really the first Christians, and he was writing to them in, in what's known as modern day Turkey. And these early Christians, these followers of Christ, they were actually experiencing persecution. So here's Peter, and he's writing them, and he's telling these things. And he's telling these things to people who most likely doubted their mission. To people who most likely doubted who they were and what they were supposed to do. To people who were probably questioning themselves. See, this is what happens a lot of times in our lives. When we experience resistance, which is this is where these early followers of Christ are, they were experiencing resistance. And when we experience resistance, what happens is we typically begin to question ourselves. I think a lot of us, we've experienced that before. In fact, maybe you're there right now. Maybe you're in a season where things just seem to go wrong and they're piling up as the snowball factor and it keeps going on and on and on and things are going wrong and we're wondering, man, what am I supposed to do? What God has for me in all this? Where am I supposed to be? Where am I supposed to go next? And we're experiencing this resistance and I think because of it, we're questioning. But I want you to understand, if you're there today, I want you to understand that you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You are God's special possession. As we look at that word possession, possessions come at a cost. You think about the things that you possess. Think about some of your possessions. You paid for them. Each one of us were God's special possession. He paid for each and every one of us. And he paid for us with a cost that goes beyond anything we could ever imagine. He paid for us with the cost of his one and only son. He paid for us at the cost of Jesus who lived a perfect life because we could. Who died on a cross to pay a penalty that each and every one of us deserved. But was risen again so that we could be called a chosen people. So that we could know our purpose even in times where there's a struggle. Even in times where it seems there's a world when of everything going wrong. Even in times where there's some resistance. We can know that we are a holy nation and a special possession. That's who we are. That's who we are in Christ. We have a purpose and we have a mission and we need to live on purpose. And here's how we do it. We go back to what Jesus told us. Go back to what Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 22, 36 through 40. Check this out. Matthew 22, 36 through 40. It says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Now here's Jesus and he's talking to the crowd. And then somebody from the crowd who was actually at that time was, was known as a lawyer. So this person isn't actually really wanting to get to the answer. What this person was doing, this lawyer, was actually trying to trap Jesus. So it was kind of interesting here. But this lawyer asked this question, what's the most important, what's the greatest commandment in the law? Now, for the Jewish people at this time, their purpose was to live out the laws. And there was tons and tons of laws, right? Their purpose was to live by the law, through the law, and keep going on. And for many of them, it was a very frustrating place to go. So this Lawyer tries to trap Jesus, but he's also trying to get to a point and he says, what's the greatest commandment in the law? Like, what's the purpose? What's the purpose of all these laws? And really, he's trying to get Jesus to refute the laws so that everybody would turn against him. But what Jesus does is incredible. 
He changes it. And he tells us two things that we can go back to over and over again because everything else lies on it. He says this in verse 37, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Here's Jesus and he's breaking it down to our mission. He's breaking it down to our purpose and he's giving us this purpose because he knows that we're a royal priesthood. He knows, the, he knows that we're God's special possession and he knows the cost it's going to pay. And he's saying, get back to this, love God and love people. Just as a church, we're called to love people to life change. As a person, as a family, individually, we're called to love, right? Love is our purpose. Love is above all. Love is the beginning point to everything we do, right? The greatest of all these things is love. So today I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to live on purpose. As we start 2019, start with love. As you clarify who you are, start with love. As you begin to define yourself, as you begin to define your family, start with love. We love God and we love people. So number one, love God. And here's how we do this. To love God means that we make him a priority. means that we show him our love. Again, he loved us so much that he gave his son. What he asked in return is for us to love him back. Jesus, again, said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. So to love God means that we love him with all our heart, soul, and mind. Here's what that looks like. To love God with all our heart means that we love him through relationship. I mean, if you think about it, your relationships, they're, always, they're, they're, they're led by our heart. Again, sometimes that can get us into a little bit of trouble. But our relationships, they're led by our heart. And the same is true with God. We have to give him our heart. So think about that. Think about that. Do you have a relationship? Are you growing your relationship with God? Right? Do you spend time with him? Relationships grow when time's spent with each other. Do you spend time with him? Do you make time for prayer? And again, prayer, all it is is talking to him and listening to him. Setting aside time to talk to him and listen to him. Do you do that with God? Right? Do you involve him in your decisions? I don't know about you, but the closer your relationship is, you're the more they're involved in your decision-making process. The more they should be involved in your, in your decision-making process as well. So I know that we made some big decisions, and I made some big decisions sometimes, and I didn't get Sarah's approval. And listen, it didn't go well, right? When we make decisions, are we inviting God? Is that part of our relationship? Are we inviting him into our life? Right? I want to challenge you to develop your relationship with him. Love him with all your heart, and then love him with all your soul. To love him with all your soul means that it's going beyond just the surface level. Really what it does is digging deeper. It's digging to the core of who we are. It's getting to the fact that we can point to God and give him the praise that he deserves in everything. We can worship him and give him the credit that's due to him in all areas of our life. It's really this deep desire for who God is. It's this really deep desire to know God even more. Right, think about that. Do you love him? Right, is there this deep desire for some of us, to love him with all our soul means that we need to remove some other desires in our life. See, I think we place some desires above him where God says he wants us to desire him first. To love him with all our soul means that we have to desire him first. For some of us, that means slowing down, acknowledging his goodness. For some of us, that means maybe removing our pride, removing our desire to look good, and instead give him the credit for everything. For some, that could be as simple as actually just singing out loud on a Sunday morning instead of looking around at everybody else, right? 
could just be that simple. For others, it could be a little more in depth. It could be changing our mindset of who we are, and more importantly, whose we are. I challenge you, go a little deeper. Love him with all your soul, and then love him with all your mind. Right? Study him. Study how God works in your life. Study how God works in the lives of others. Study how God's worked in the past. Right? And to do this, we have an incredible resource. It's called the Bible. Right? The Bible is an incredible, an incredible book of history of who God is, what God's done, what God can do, and what God wants for each and every one of us. I challenge you, study him, study the Bible. This is why we push the Bible app every week. Because we want you to read it more than just on a Sunday. We want you to read it more than just in a life group. We want you to study it every single day for yourself. And there's incredible reading plans out there where you could read your Bible every single day. But it's a way to love him, and it's a way to love him with all your mind. So I challenge you, love him with all your mind, love him with all your soul, love him with all your heart. Let your love for him define who you are. Live on purpose by loving him, and then live on purpose by loving others. Love people. Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. As we think about neighbor, like, sweet, I only have two neighbors, one on each side, right? But truth is, Jesus later defined neighbor a little more in depth, right? He says, love your neighbor with all yourself, but then he continues on. He talks about this parable of the Good Samaritan. And at that time, Jewish people and Samaritans, they didn't even talk to each other, right? They didn't even exist together. But he goes over this, this parable, and he talks, and he asks the people, who's, who's the neighbor in this parable of the Good Samaritan? I'll challenge you to go back and read it, but it's the Samaritan. See, the truth is, everybody around us is our neighbor. Even the people we don't love, even the people we try not to exist with, that's our neighbor. And Jesus is saying, go above and beyond yourself, but love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. Hey, listen, 2019, I think we need to challenge ourselves with this. We need to challenge ourselves with operating love because it's why we exist. It's who we should be. It's what God's called us to be. So I want to challenge you to love your neighbor. And here's how we do this. Here's how we treat others. Here's how we love our neighbor as ourselves. We put the, the 1 Corinthians 13 test into progress. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Listen, as you read that, think about that. Do you treat people in that manner? Right? Can you go through these and ask yourself these questions? With your kids, with your coworkers, yes, even with your spouse, can you say, are you patient? I've already failed. Right? The first one, I'm, the first one i got to work on. But I think the truth is that's where we are. I think we need to go through this. And for some of us, we need to get back to what God, what Jesus has called us to do from the original. And we need to start loving others and start loving people. We need to ask ourselves, can we be patient with this person? Can we be kind with them? Instead of being envious, boastful, or proud. This is a tough test. These are some tough questions. But for us to live on purpose, for us to live out our mission, we have to ask. So think, do you honor others? Do you honor your neighbor? Is what you say to them the same that you say about them? And is it positive? Are you lifting them up? Are you encouraging them, right? Do you honor others? Or are you self-seeking? Are you easily angered? Are you keeping record of wrongs? Listen, again, let's go back to the spouses. If you got a record of wrongs for your spouse and everything that they've done, you might want to check yourself, right? Because Jesus said that's not love, right? The, Paul said later that's not what love is. And Jesus 
calls us to love. In your relationships, do you protect, do you trust, do you hope, and do you persevere? Do you hope for what's best for your neighbor? Do you hope for what's best for your spouse, for your kids, for your coworkers, for your boss? That's what love is. And I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to love others. Love God and love others. As we start 2019, live on purpose. Live on the mission that Jesus has called us to. And love God and love others. As we close, if you would, pull the connection card out in the seat back in front of you. Maybe you're here today. Maybe as I'm talking, your first step is to love God. And it's to love God by making a commitment to follow Jesus. Maybe for you, maybe you didn't realize that you were chosen people. Maybe you didn't realize that you're God's special possession and it's time to accept that and to live it out. If you're here today and you've never made a commitment to follow Christ, or maybe you did but you walked away, I want to give you that opportunity. And what you can do is you can simply check mark the first box on that connection card that says, I want to make a commitment to follow Christ. And to believe that God loves you so much that he gave his son. Receive his forgiveness and receive him as your Lord and Savior. Second box says, that God's maybe asking you to do something. Maybe you're here today and maybe, maybe for you, maybe God's asking you to, to love him more. Maybe love him with all your mind. Maybe you need to spend some time studying him. Maybe you need to spend some more time reading the Bible. And that's what God's asking you to do. Maybe he's asking you to, to love him with all your soul. Maybe it needs to go beyond just that surface level and give it a, dig a little bit deeper to the core. Whatever it is, I challenge you to write that down. Maybe God's asking you to love others. Maybe you need to go through the 1 Corinthians and do the test. See where you're at. Maybe there's some areas you need to work on. Maybe you need to work on being patient, kind, not boastful. Whatever it is, I challenge you to write it down, but then make it more than words. Make it a lifestyle. Make it an opportunity to live on purpose for 2019. There's also a place for prayer requests where we love to partner with you in prayer. If you would, fill this out. And again, we take these very seriously. This is our opportunity to journey alongside of you, to pray with you. So if you've been here multiple times, just put your name and your number on there and then what God's asking you in any prayer request. And we'll even reach out through midweek and just say, let you know that you're not alone, right? We're in this with you. If you're a first-time guest, we ask that you fill it out completely and you can either turn it into the offering basket or the Connect Center and we'll have a gift for you. If you would, fill this out and get any ties or offering ready and then Seth will be up to explain the next steps in just a moment. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www.mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week.